Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courts in Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. We're recording episode, I think, 182 now on the docket. Joined by the usual suspects, Zach Tyler, Dominic Neely, Kyler Staley. Gentlemen, we all had good seats for four games this past weekend. Did, did we all enjoy most of the action? Absolutely. It was fun. I, I yeah. State. Yeah, it was a good time. Any surprise before we get into the actual game? Any surprises on the court? On the court surprises? I don't. I personally don't think so. No. I mean, I mean, do we all expect Dowdy to do what he did? Probably not to that extent. I mean, he banged in some of those shots, but he did. But he definitely didn't play without any fear. I was gonna say, he got took- taken to make him right. He took it right at him. You know, we have – and I think it's – I know it's been constructive. Talked about he doesn't have the greatest feel with his back of the basket. Um, his his best his best assets are in other ways, and, and in as much as <laughs> – I know his his father has listens. His father communicates, interacts somewhat regularly with I think all of our Twitter accounts, even if it's just likes and retweets. Um, has agreed with most of the assessments. <laughs> I called him Captain Caveman in one discussion. He's like, "Oh, you should try living with him." So, I mean, it's not. Uh, I think we've um, done a pretty good job of nailing his his uh, strengths, and he has, um, you know, he's he's allowed to get better, and you know what, he's allowed to have a really damn good game, and he did a great job. Yeah, how about um, I was going to mention Kellen Pickett, man. How about his ability to guard on the perimeter at six eight, yeah. move his feet, stay in front? That was yeah. really and impressive. Well, Joey Hart was going off, obviously, that first half. You know, that second half, they switched Kellen Pickett onto him. Joey that was Hart a big went. adjustment. I'd be anxious to know who made that adjustment. I mean, in credit, regardless of who made it, Roth was the one that made the decision to do it, you know. And, Dominique, you've seen him. You've seen him more than all of us. Yeah. I'd imagine. Has he yeah. shown that during the year, or is he just – I mean, I don't think he's really had to in the games I've watched. Yeah, uh, that I was at, you know, that that was what I was getting ready to mention is he hasn't really had to show that type of ability on the perimeter, you know, uh, against the teams that on their schedule. But, yeah, I was really impressed with him on on heart, being able to move his feet on the perimeter against, a, you know, big time division one player, Indiana all star lock. Um, so that was yeah, that was that was something that really stood out to me. And it's a it's a subtle. Well, let, let's let's hold that thought. Let's let's 
maybe not go. Let's go in order. Because I definitely pick it was going to be a topic of conversation. Um, we're going to talk about the games individually. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Ben Davis's legacy, saving 4A for last. So that was you know, that's a good transition for that. Um, then we're going to maybe make some predictions for next year, and, and that'll be it. But Zach thinks we're going to be here for three hours, and <laughs> you're going to prove him wrong, though, right? Zach Zach, Zach would say he wouldn't be here for three hours. <laughs> yep, we're we're going to get out of here. We're going to get out. Of, it's nine twenty. Right, we're going to get out of here in, in an hour and fifteen minutes. So we're, we'll be fine. All right, the one A game. I think I, I think all these games went like we expected them to. Right? I mean, maybe. Not necessarily who won or lost, although Zach was the only one that got all four games right. Yeah. There you go. Oh, time. Jeez. Uh Oh. (laughs) Um, My big concern with a 1A game was that it would – I wanted to see if – I mean, New Lutheran, you know, they've got kids that are skilled and talented and all that, and, you know, he wanted to see if they could – Hit, you know, hit shots, be shot makers, and they were. You know, Ture Smith and and Ware and and Losher all Ward. I'm sorry, and Losher all all did their part. Patterson's did their part in the you know in the paint around the basket. But but if if they were going to hit their shots, it was going to be a blowout, and that's exactly what we got. Yeah, and I was going to say with Southwood, man, they play like the clock's running out. At all times, man, they just get it up, and and that's how they play. I remember that's how they played a couple years ago. But I think a couple years ago they had a couple more guys who could, you know, yep. make some more shots. They had some like, scores last year or a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, whenever that, yeah, whenever that was. But man, they play so fast, and and I just I don't think that played into, you know, did well for them against Lutheran. You know, after the first quarter, Lutheran kind of started off slow and getting the jitters out and stuff like that. But then it was pretty much a uh, wrap and, you know, and into the second quarter. Yep. I mean, all of Southwood's offense in the first quarter was loose ball, transition opportunities, baskets in the paint, you know, and, and once Lutheran started creating chaos, they got, they got some clean looks. You know, I think that, LJ was it LJ Ward? Yeah, Monte or LJ? LJ. I mean, well, I've got the program right here. I cannot remember his first name for some reason. It's LJ. LJ, yeah. Confirmed um, LJ. I mean, he took over the second quarter. He was. He was. Dominant on both ends of the floor. And I think Smith ended up leading him in scoring, but he had several shots in the second half. I mean, the game wasn't necessarily decided. I, I would say by the middle of the third quarter it was decided. But, I mean, Duray Smith, who's been their guy the last couple of years, um, he he got going. It was just an onslaught, and then and then Losher sort of chugged along the whole game. Just kind of being there was always sort of their second option. And would you agree he's the one of those three? Well, Smith's a senior, but him and Ward, Losher got the most more upside, or do you disagree with that? 
I agree with Lozier. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, just you would need to see LJ or Lante, his skill develop more, right? right? Shooting from the perimeter and those yeah, type yeah. of things, you know, finishing. He, a couple of those finishes he got there was super athletic and strong, just couldn't finish some of them. But then obviously the athleticism is off the charts, right? He's up on the on the square blocking layups. He's getting oh, those dunks blocks at were, five, yeah, Those 10. blocks were impressive, yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely got the athleticism. Now it's just about honing in right. on that skill. Especially yeah, at that size, we've talked about that before. You got to be special in other ways. So, and those blocks aren't going to translate. And again, we're nitpicking. We're you know, look, this is yeah. a this is a website that focuses as much on recruiting as it does on the games being played, and and I think we're always going to have a hint of that in our discussions. Um, I'm not saying that for our benefit. I'm saying that for people who listen. You know, Losher's size and length, and he has similar skills. I, you know, like Ward's, he's not getting those blocks in college. No. Because he's going to be chasing down dudes who can finish just as high as he can. He, He's chasing down dudes <laughs> as impressive as they were. He was impressive. Let, let's don't underscore that. And Cole Weiner's a good basketball player. And I don't know that either one of those were Cole, but – but it's not like Southwood was a bunch of bunch of overachieving chumps out there. They they were a team that's got a lot of kids that play multiple sports, kids that play football. Um, they got off to a, a ruggedly slow start this year, and once their length and bat once their basketball legs started kicking in, their their length and and aggressiveness started to take over and and they had a really good close of the season. Of course, then they made a run all the way to the state finals. But Cole Weiner's the one guy on that team that that's basketball player. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just don't remember him doing much. And probably because I checked out in the second half because I just you could tell by then Lutheran was just gonna bury him. Unless something really bad happened. But <laughs> Then you were too busy worrying about the TV in front of Do you. Do what? Yeah, you were too busy worried about the TV in front of you. Well, I was trying to make sure we could watch games. You, y'all liked it later, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Y'all liked it later. Dominique wasn't sitting with us; he was sitting with his family. But the monitors by our by where we were sitting, you could change the channel. So I was just trying to find TBS so that night we could watch games. But that one A game went like we thought it was. It was either going to be ugly or a blowout. Southwood wasn't going to beat them. I say a blowout. Do what? Did they get to? Did, I said it was definitely a blowout. Did they get to hundred? Then I kind of went. They out did not. They, lost, they won ninety-eight. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. 97? Okay. I thought it was ninety-eight. I thought he hit a free throw. Whoever, whoever that. No. Ninety-seven. Name, was it? But whoever that kid was that came in that yeah. was really trying to get one hundred. Played like oh. to the game. I'll like, tell you oh, it was. Let's get it out there. Aiden Alali. No, wait. Yeah. Yeah, no. I thought it was number three. Wasn't it number? No, he started. Uh... I was in the Chick-fil-A line at this time, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll say whoever it was, mad respect for them trying everything they could <laughs> to get to one. Got- Did everyone get free Taco Bell if we get a 100 or? No, no. I just think I they were going for a hundred. <laughs> I know. Just kidding. 
So Southwood now holds the record for most points given up in a state tournament game, breaking oh wow, at the one A level, breaking their own record. <laughs> oh wow! But now they have the distinction of owning the most <laughs> points given up. Ring, period. Hmm? That deserves a ring, right there. I mean, most points given up in the game was Warsaw, Zach. Ooh. 2010, the North Central, 95 points. Um, Remember that game? Yeah. Yeah, Nick was yeah, a junior. Was the, yeah, that was the game where Warsaw thought they were going to run with North Central. That was fun. They were throwing bombs. They were throwing full-court passes to Nick Moore trying to get him out in transition. And then North Central was like, you know what? We can jump up in the air and catch those. And at that point, the route was on. Um, they had a they had a decent team. They did. And Warsaw was good. I just don't know that that game plan was – I don't know what they could have done to beat North Central. Like, again, that was one of those games where you just didn't – that was Devontae Smith-Rivera. His junior, That was his sophomore year. I'm going to have to go back and look to see who else was on that team. Dominic, you have a better memory. It was Ronnie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ronnie Johnson, Tyrone yeah, John. Johnson, Latham yeah. was on there. They, they were decent. They were okay, yeah. They were okay. Ingram went to Iowa. Um, Johnson's went to Purdue. And they were decent. Latham was Indian All-Star. And Warsaw decided we're going to try and outrun them. No, nah, that didn't work. Southwood gave up 89 points to Morristown in 2018, owning the 1A record, and then they eclipsed the entire record this week, allowing 97, we said 97 points? Yep. Hmm. I wonder how many field goals. I wonder how many field goals. Um. Luther made because the record is 37 by Morristown again against Southwood. Hey, was the was the running clock? Because I does that put in play in the state finals or no? We talked about that, but I don't no, know that it's, it's not. not. Okay, I don't know that it's not. It is so not. So I got to 35. I'm like, okay, running clock, thing. and then it stopped. So I'm like, oh, okay. I thought there was running clock in football though. Maybe that's, I don't know, different. Um, well, I'll, I'm really impressed with, really impressed with their with uh, Lutheran's backcourt. They've got two. They got two of those guys back. Both both uh, Ward and Losher sophomores. Um. You know, and, and to think, I think Patterson's kind of struggled at, at some points during that game, right? To finish, he could have been worse. Yeah. I mean, they left a lot of points on the board in the first quarter and a half of that game. And it was. Hey, I, to- I talked to a. Uh, sorry, I talked no, you're to good. A, a college coach when I was eating my Chick fil A in between the uh, 1A and 2A. And um, he said that 
you get a kickback from Chick Fil A or something tonight, or <laughs> no? I'm really just... pushing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, he said that balling was had the flu. Uh, Marquette Catholic Southwood game. He said he played, oh. but he they said he was said he was not very good. Definitely wasn't a hundred percent. I was it. trying to figure out why Marquette couldn't beat Southwood, and he he said he was at the game, and he uh, he said he was he was not feeling well at all. Had the flu, and he fell out hundred percent. So. That explains it. Um, the you know that that's shocking. I mean, I, I would think that Marquette Catholic would have other talent that even if balling would just like right rebound and pass. A skilled. What's the other kid, Zach? Kobe. Jason Kobe. Yeah. Gary Lewis. Yeah, that um yeah, I was I mean I'm surprised. I you know, we think we would have rather seen look, it's we want we want good games. The one at game last year was not very good. And I and even though we talk, I keep saying that who did who did uh, North Davies play last year? I cannot LCC. Yeah, that's right. Sounds that was a, and I guess we can attribute that to to two pretty good athletic teams that two pretty talented one A teams that could guard and and had it just was a rock fight. It was two teams that that didn't necessarily hit shots. I mean, I don't know. I think either one of those teams last year and North Davies this year would have beaten Lutheran. Kind of trying to hedge as I say that because you don't want to take away Lutheran's victory. But Mullen's the only guy on that team that on North Davies, that's kind of a natural score. Yeah. I don't know. Lutheran just, they got some guys and it'll be, be if they get any interior, they had a six, five freshman who they should, you know, who should obviously get better and, and help them next year. And uh, assuming all those guys stay there, they, they should still be pretty good next year. They, they definitely had the schedule to be competitive when it came to March. They definitely didn't shy away from anybody. I don't imagine that'll be any different. It is It is not an easy school to get to from where I live. It's just, it's kind of tucked away in the worst, the worst part of Marion County when it comes to like major road or internet or internet interstate access. Um, which that's not a major deal. It's just, uh, I don't know, that has nothing to do with anything I just said, but but I guess my point is I don't get to a lot of their games. Till next year. Till next year. 2A. Now we can get into that really deep picket discussion. Good game. Great game. I think the 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 nitpicky 
and, it, and it's a lot easier from where we're sitting because we're not. I mean, we're certainly watching the game same speed, same same real time status as as Linton's coaching staff, and but we're not in the moment. We're not under pressure. We're not feeling everything that goes well, feeling everything that goes wrong. It, it, at no point did did Linton put themselves in a position where so anytime Hart drove. So what what Linton did the last two weeks effectively was to isolate Joey Hart on the left slot and overload. Not not just isolate, but overload. Like give he was not just I mean he had the entire left side of the floor to himself. And then he would drive. And Brownstown with Kobe Hall had some decent help there. But and it was early going against um against Blackhawk, it was more effective. Um because I think he decided that Josh first wasn't just wasn't going to be anybody that he couldn't finish over or, or around. They started out the game with Sefton on him. And as good of an athlete as Sefton is, he's not Joey. And again, Joey's just like, well, I can, I can finish over you. It's no worry. The the picket length, and it's not like he didn't get by picket in those situations, but it was the combination of, you know, again, someone like first coming over to help with picket's length that did bother him. So it was a, it was a wider drive. It was a tougher. It was going to be a, a bigger obstacle to go over. I mean, Septon's not small. What is Gage? He's 6'4"? 6'4", yeah. 6'4". But Pickett's 6'8". So it was a great adjustment by by Blackhawk. The the adjustment I would have liked to have seen for for Linton was to make sure that guy helping was Logan Webb's man. That doesn't mean first couldn't have stayed in the paint and jammed it up. But I would have made sure Webb was that guy. And that would have been Sefton in this case. Or I would have made sure that whoever, who was Jimmy Davidson Garden? He would have been Garden Oliver. Would Davidson have been Garden Oliver? See the freshman? Yes. I think I, I believe think so. Right. Yeah, and Oliver's every Isaac bit as good as guarding Walters. I mean, yeah, maybe Walters. I would have made sure that it was that it was Isaac Smith or or Jimmy Davidson being that baseline help. And again, it's not like they couldn't adjust, but I would make that adjustment and I would keep doing it. I would figure out whoever whoever was whoever those guys were guarding was going to be that opposite block guy or that opposite corner guy. Well, we'd be blocked with the overload. And again, that's the luxury of us sitting over there with no pressure. Because Blackhawk did to them what what Homestead did to Carmel two years ago. 
where effectively um, Grant Leeper never left the lane. I can't remember who he guarded, but he just was – anytime Pete Suter would drive, he'd get to the paint, but there Grant Leeper would be. So he'd, he'd, maybe he'd get by his guy, maybe his guy would be on his hip, but Leeper would be there, and he's just too good. And, you know – Anytime Hart drove the paint or drove down that isolation, you know, drove down, drove off the slot, there were two defenders. And then once they made the adjustment, put picket on him, he had the extra length there. I just wanted to say with, with that game, I was super happy Blackhawk won. I picked Linton. I said last week, I'm not going to, I don't pick games based off of I'm in Fort Wayne. I love Coach Davidson's story. I love Blackhawk. I just thought Linton would win because. They play the zone, right? I knew Josh first wasn't going to have a one-on-one in the post where he can kind of get his, you know, he's leading score in the, for Blackhawk. And I knew it was going to be hard for him to get clean looks and have success where right? he had two points dunk at the end. So I just figured without him getting his 15 plus, you know, I'm probably going to have to rely on hitting some threes. Uh, you know, Joey Hart, like I said, he's going to be the best player on the floor. I wasn't expecting Kellen Pickett to just – you know, be able to bother him that much or just didn't expect him to go cold in the second half. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was super happy Blackhawk won for Coach Davidson and all the Davidson boys now have gotten a, a ring, I guess, the last, you know, Frankie, Marcus, and Jimmy. I think there is mm-hmm. an older one that didn't get a ring. But but uh, that was just, yeah, I was just really excited and happy for that for that community over in Blackhawk. I think they <laughs> definitely deserve it. Had a tough year for them. Yeah, well, I mean, what a great story. I mean, I mean, definitely at the end when you had Matt Roth, Coach Roth, you know, talking about the whole situation and everything. I mean, it really is incredible to watch. You know, it's always good when you have a really good feel-good story at the high school level like that. Yeah, then on the other side, though, you have Coach Hart, who, or Coach, yeah, who's not even able to coach, right? Like. We haven't talked about that. That kind of that had a little role in the thing, right? Not not directly. Yeah, but still, he's not there making decisions like we're talking about that could have been made, right? Yeah, not not in real time. That's that's a big deal. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think they feel. I think they felt pretty comfortable that Noah Hawkins is going to be the next guy coaching there anyway. I mean, there's a good chance Joe Joey steps down after this year, or or maybe after next year. Depending on what, and that's fine. Of... And then Hawkins has a whole season to do things, but now he's thrown into right. a no, I agree. mix in a state championship game, and <laughs> and I mean yep. up until up until the third quarter. I mean, looking at you know the shooting percentage. I mean, third quarter, Linton shot thirteen percent on the floor. But I mean, I felt for the most part, Linton was in control of that game. You know, and then you had Blackhawk go on that run, and all the adjustments that they made. Um, but I mean. Credit to Linton as well. They they played really well. They just couldn't stop that Blackhawk run. But and that's a pretty subtle. That that's a pretty subtle adjustment that I'm talking about. And you know maybe then Blackhawk adjusts and and they just decide to keep. Maybe you know who knows. Maybe the game plan was first to stage of the rim. Again, that was the that's what Leaper was doing when they played Carmel. Again, this was two year, two seasons ago at at uh, Brownsburg. That that was 
Leeper never left the rim. So maybe first wasn't necessarily guarding anybody. And I don't know that it was always his help, but it just seemed like it always was. Like, no matter what, when Hart would drive, first would just be right there. And Ben Davis had a similar... Ben Davis had a similar odd assignment. So first is always the guy that helps. The flip would be what Ben Davis did with Flory, which was whoever's garden Badunga doesn't help. Because that was clear by the number of times Kokomo would drive and just get all the way to the basket. <laughs> you know, and even a couple of times in transition, you could, when Dowdy was on the bench, you could see Jesse Ferris. And again, I know we're skipping ahead of that game, but but talking about unique rotations that are more oriented toward certain players, having the the, the gravity of that player impacting decisions, where in, in maybe Blackhawks' case, anytime Hart drives, first is going to be the guy that helps. It just, I don't know, I'd have to go back and watch tape. I'm probably wrong. Maybe it's just a different guy each time, but it just seems like it was always first. And it didn't really phase Hart until Pickett was on him. But it worked. Billy Hart, man. I mean, stone cold out there. When he was hitting his shots, made some tough threes, you know, towards the end of that first half. Mm, yeah, right in front of us, too. Yeah. Just bouncing up off the catch. He's got all the confidence in the world when he shoots the ball. I mean, he's a legitimate movement shooter. He can shoot. Pretty much in any scenario. I just wanted to see more guys on that stuff, you know, be able to do stuff. You know, I didn't, you know, obviously Logan Webb and Joey Hart, but um, who's the big center? He's got a couple threes, and I thought, I didn't, uh, does he shoot threes? The, Oliver or Frady? Nathan Frady. The big, right? The big he kid, hit one, yeah. He hit one the week before, but there was that key okay. stretch there in the third, is it third quarter or fourth quarter? We're back-to-back possessions. Frady and Oliver both take a three, and I thought that that was not the time. Yeah. Yeah, I just – you know. They both hit a three against Brownstown, but they both were at comfortable moments where it was just they probably, like – I would say they were on. probably up 20 on that that time. And, they were they, – it was – yeah, it was definitely when things were going well. Yeah. And unfortunately, you knew – Braden Walters wasn't going to provide any scoring. And that's exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he did get a little aggressive up there. Was it. Yeah. And it was a good post up. And he, I don't know why there yeah. wasn't more of that. Yeah. And again, that's Isaac not Smith a, on. and that's not a coaching. That's not a Joey Hart thing. That's, that's a Braden Walters thing. I can tell you, I've had a number of conversations with, with Joey about, we need Braden to score. Maybe that's not who he is, but we're going to need him to score at times. And that was one of them. You know, and you're not not trying to pin the game on that because I mean, look, Webb ended up with nine points. He got them all in the first quarter, right? Or did he have seven in the first quarter? And he had eleven, and nine in the first half. Okay. I mean, he did get a basket late. Yes. I mean, as their third best player, though, on Linton, Ray Walters only going one of two 
I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's just not going to cut it. They they were one for thirteen in the second half and from three too. And that would be the again. This is a season long. This is a season long thing. This isn't something that you could. It's easy to do at this level because can't tell you how many times we've coached kids or I've coached kids where be like, let me post him up, coach. Let me post him up. Well, okay, great. But then what is so and so? You know, you're posting up. That means we got somebody else that doesn't know what they're doing in any, you know, somewhere else. Um, now, the more interchangeable your system is, the, the better off you can do that. But again, I get to pick my players, so I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't begrudge coaches who aren't all of a sudden deciding to invert their offense. You know, suddenly they're running their offense through Frady and Brandon and Braden Walters is posting up. That, that's not an easy adjustment at the high school level. But it was funny last against Brownstown, I was thinking there would be if Linton just had one more kid who could hit a shot. That Brownstown game would have never and, and, and the shot at that point would have included free throws because that because Braden if there's one area of his game, we talked about him not taking, if there's one area of his game where he openly struggles at the free throw line. And some of that, some of his interaction at, during the, the later stages of the Brownstown game was him avoiding getting fouled. Very Ben Simmons-ish, Simmons-ish in that regard. Um, but if, if Brownstown, or if Linton would have had one more kid who could effectively handle and, and hit free throws, Brownstown never <clears throat> sniffs that game. And then against Blackhawk, maybe one more guy who could do that is one more way to rotate their, their you know, one more option rotation-wise where maybe Oliver or Frady's not in the game and they've got one more shooter out there. Because they just played six guys regularly. And the guy they bring in is a non-scorer, Wrigley. Same with both Blackhawk. They play six. And they yeah. they went to Maldoon in the second half over Isaac Smith because Smith just wasn't sh- hitting his stuff. And he hit shots. He had a, he had a huge three. Yeah. Yeah, he, he hit did. the three to give him the lead. Could have been. It was a big one. Over oh, he hit. You know, he hit the three that gave him the four point lead. They were up one. They had just taken their first lead since one to nothing, and then he hit the three to give him the four point lead. Pretty sure that's how that played out. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the three A game. Anything else in the two A game before we move on to three A? Nope. So, oh wait, I did have one more thing. Who's the third best player in the sophomore class? Let me get a list up real quick. 
<laughs> I think Xavier Robinson's in that Xavier. conversation. Kellen Pickett's in that conversation. Pickett, he is now. Briscoe. Yeah. Braylon Mullins is in oh, there. Yeah, Briscoe. I, I'd I'd say Xavier Robinson right now, but Kellen. Pickett I, I love really me, I love me some. Out. I love me some Braylon Mullins, but I got Pickett ahead of him. Pickett that really doesn't that doesn't that. change the recruiting of any of these guys. We, you know, I keep going back to class two thousand five. There were fourteen Division one point guards. Right? Didn't matter how you rate it, how you ranked them. 14 of them went to division one schools. Nobody, nobody cared beyond a, beyond two or three. Nobody cared where they were ranked. Certainly a good class in 25. It's top class. heavy. It's top heavy. So the options are Briscoe, Jamin Townsend. Robinson. Robinson. Braylon. Braylon. We're going to say – someone's going to say Micah Davis. I'm going to wonder why they only won 10 games this year. What about he's, a, he's a junior. Micah Davis is not – is he a junior? No. Yeah. He's a junior. Oh, that's right. God, that's right. What about Chase uh, – Wow, brain fart. Kineski. Kineski? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I mean – to me, it's Briscoe Robinson Pickett, somewhere in that neighborhood. Man, no love for Braylon Mullins, huh? Well, I mean, okay, so he's what, the sixth best player in the class? I don't know. That, I don't know. That's, if not I exactly, that's not exactly an insult. No. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's sixth. I, I might put him at fifth. Ahead of. I might put him ahead of Briscoe. Ah. Briscoe put Booker in the woods, man. <laughs> it was too small. Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Yes, you did do that, didn't he? Briscoe stomped him. And I don't and I know they got the revenge in the sectional, but Jake Davis played that game. And you can't expect Briscoe to do it all. Jake Davis probably took 30 charges that game. I don't I don't know. I don't Xavier Robinson, any of those dudes make Joey Hart go one for fourteen in the second half? No, not defensively. Oh. Robinson's probably too small. I don't know. Robinson can he's long and athletic though, but I mean Pickett's six eight, right? And he can move his feet. So yeah, it's different the things, animal. The things Pickett did well in that game translate to a higher level. Yeah. I love his passion too. I mean you could see it after certain plays, you know, he's clapping his hands, he's you know, he's got that fire he was, into it. He was like. leading huddles. Yeah. He was pulling them together for huddles. I'm not a big huddle guy unless you're making a bunch of especially defensive changes. But he was he was a voice in those huddles. 
which tells me he's just nothing else he's thinking the game. But yeah, I wanted to have that discussion. But I, I still I think mean, I got good. Brisk. I think I still have Briscoe third. It's a good segue into the three A game with Ian Rosh and his defensive abilities. Yeah, with his I length. I, I think Pickett was more impressive. I obviously Rosh had a great game. You're talking about Tyler Rosh. I mean, probably. right? No, I'm talking about Ian Rosh. Oh, Ian Rosh is a dude on defense. He so matched up against the best guys every every game they played. Northwood Garen was probably was that was that our was that the best game of the day? And not, I mean, not, not obviously because it went overtime, but it wasn't like you didn't need some team to, you know, you didn't need Linton to. Like I thought, both teams played really well. Much of the game. Versus, like where the the black the two a game was a tale of two halves. Well, I, I think Joey Hart and Brenner had about the, almost the same game, right? I mean, Brenner was had what twenty three at half, and I'm not sure he scored in the second half outside of overtime. Yeah, yeah but so that twenty eight, yeah. But that wasn't because he was out there. That wasn't because they were running a ton of stuff through him. I think they found, I think, Ian Roush finally got his groove going yeah the difference the difference was was that roush started stepping up and they started going to him more where linton didn't have that element like linton all of a sudden it wasn't all of a sudden where because the week before against brownstown logan webb had a really tremendous start yeah and hart was kind of grinding along and grinding along and then when Benter started to really start flaming out or getting catching fire, then Hart answered it, and he ended up, I think, outscoring. I don't know if he outscored Webb or not, but, but. I mean, how about Linton, uh, how about Linton, Tyler? The whole the whole of, the whole of Linton struggled in the Northwood game. It was just it went from Brenner to to Roush. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dominique, you, you meant Tyler. I was, yeah, I was talking about Tyler. How about his stat line, man? He had 14, 13 rebounds, and five blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely, uh, definitely was there. I mean, he's their, he's their third guy for sure. Um, <laughs> but he, his, his line, well, he had a really nice game for him as a sophomore. Was he six, mm-hmm. seven? I think so, so. Not, yeah. I mean, six, seven, six, eight. He's long too. Yep. Very different player than his brother. Yeah. Way different. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Very little similar in how they play. Well, they, what they we did think move. about. Uh... Sorry. No, um, no, go. What, what, we, what we think about uh, Dylan Moran's performance? I thought he was a little rushed at times. Um, is that who Ian Rosh was guarding? Not, not in the second half. They moved Rosh over to Kamaya Chandler. I thought for a bit. 
when he got cooked. I just thought Mar- Moran's looked uh, kind of rushed at times, kind of took some shots there in the second half, that really quick ones. Well flustered. That, yeah, some quick shots that didn't really make sense. That coach definitely was asking him about a little bit. I'm going to compare Dylan Moran's to Brandon Miller's performance <laughs> in the NCAA tournament. Dylan's got a long way to go physically, especially with his core, his core strength. And if you can be physical with him, if you watch Brandon Miller against um, who was this? Who who beat Alabama? So was it was it San Diego State? San Diego State. Brandon Miller, a freshman, going up against their juniors and seniors. It, it was literally physically a boy versus men. And a lot of that was core strength to see him buckle. Talking about Miller. To see him buckle when he was put in any situation where there was contact, whether it be a rebound, whether it be driving the paint, whether it be some sort of finishing move. But that is where Moran's does struggle a little bit as well. He's his core has to get stronger. He's he's very he's a very thin player. And you know, he's young. He's got a chance to improve that and and you know, he's you know, he's super springy. He's decent length. He can shoot it. Yeah. He's not going to shoot contested shots. And I don't think against Northwood he had that many contested shots or uncontested shots. And then you get in a situation where you're pressing where you're driving, they're not used to playing teams that where if he gets by his six foot five inch primary defender, there's a six foot seven, you know, kid with a you know six ten wingspan waiting on him. Uh, but but he's also not going to be that guy that just pulls up and shoots off the dribble. He's either going to be a, at this stage of his game, he's a stationary shooter or a guy who's driving to get to the basket. And he just didn't get much of that, you know, in, in any way. I just thought Northwood definitely looked like a lot stronger, physically bigger mm-hmm. than Garen, especially right away. I think uh, Garen was kind of, I don't know about taking back or caught off guard or whatever you want to say, but right away, just kind of a couple plays where guys were just kind of bouncing off Northwood dudes, losing the ball or getting off balance. But Northwood definitely is strong, physical, big, definitely at the 3A level. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were aggressive pretty much throughout the whole game on both ends. You know, and you know, Rands gets three offensive rebounds and, and gets the free throw line five times. It's not, it's not bad. But again, so he's getting fouled, but he's one for seven. He's he's getting fouled. He's getting rebounds. So when his athleticism can get him in position to make plays, he's trying to make the play. But then when it, you know, when they're not calling the foul, he that's where he goes the one for seven. But I mean, Sorensen struggled to get going. He was two for nine, zero oh for four. I mean, really, if you're if you're Garen Catholic, you're counting your blessings. That game's close, let alone going to overtime. I mean, that thing was getting away. It seemed like Northwood was control in control and Garen would come storming back, get right back in it a couple times at the end there. I mean, you know, Chandler made some 
plays. Dead, yeah, and he's yeah. he can do that. I mean, he's look, he's going to. There have been times this year where you would say the ball sticks with him, but in a game like that where nobody else was really getting going as as normal, um, at that point he's just out there hunting for shots, and and it and it worked. Jack Cherry had a great game. He took advantage of of every situation he had. I thought. You know, he hit two open threes. He had opportunities to drive. He got to the foul line five times. It's a lot for him. He did have five turnovers. Um, but, you know, he still is. He still was in a position where that's as aggressive as I've seen him play all year. You know, they get a couple of cheap baskets from Ty Sanders, one off a of steal. You know, him just trying to take opera, you know, make opportunities out of nothing. They got all those dudes back, but Chandler. I don't know what grade Sanders is in. Let me check real quick. But I mean, four of their five starters are juniors. <laughs> Chandler's a seat. No, I'm sorry. I, I meant Sanders. Sanders is a, uh, he's a senior. But they've got a six seven. They've got a six seven junior on the bench, Ryan Zimmerman, who who didn't play much this year. And, the, and there's the guy that started for him at center for most of the first half of the year was the younger Holba. Talk about a kid built nothing like his brother. He's built like an offensive lineman, but he was their starting center beginning of the year, at least through Christmas before Bryson Cardinal stepped in. Bryson Cardinal going to try and get that Jake Davis charge record. <laughs> uh, pretty impressed with Brenner shooting off the catch, coming off screens, just popping up. Think he makes the all-star team now? That was going to be my next question. Man. I would think so. Who are you taking off? <laughs> I didn't keep track. Um, when does winning matter? <laughs> well, it does, but I mean, we – I you know, I didn't have Colvin on my all-star team, so <laughs> – so I can't can't go that direction. Um, I think I did have Colvin. Yeah, you did, I, Kyler. I, yeah, I was the only one that didn't. No, Zach didn't. I didn't either, did I? Oh, you didn't either? No. He was like on my borderline. Hold on, pause. I got my list written down here somewhere. I think I had Gage Sefton on mine. I think he probably, if we're, if we're doing, we're talking about the committee going to take a guy from Fort Wayne. I would say he stays on with the state title and he played well. I had Roberts, Orm, Tibbs, Jones, Booker, Dowdy, Burton, Imes, and Hart. That's nine locks. I had Williamson, 
Um, and I didn't have Brenner on at all, because, like even on the geography play because of Burton. Right. And you had Jones, then, right? Mason Jones. Mason Jones. Mason Jones, yeah. Yeah, the geography, that's more region than yeah, it's... North, North Central Indiana. I mean, I don't have – I had Williamson making it, though not a lock. I think I had Jalen Mullen making it, though not a lock. That's 11. And then I had state championship pick of if Ben Davis won, then Sharp would be the second player. If Cathedral won, I had Jake Davis, in this case being a third player perhaps. Um, you know, you wonder, does a Jerron Tibbs bow out? due to football. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah, I would think Brenner could get on there. Yeah, I do too. 28 points, winning the 3A state title. I think that's a pretty good case right there. I mean, we got Mason, we all had Mason Jones on there. Valpo didn't have – when did we do that? This was – this was, we did this 14 weeks ago. February or something like that, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. I might be replacing Mason Jones. Valparaiso had a lot of mediocrity since then, right? Most of the season. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a I... good chance. I had Rehard on. I think I would take him off for. I had him on for size, so I think I would take him off for, for Brenner the way that you know the tournament success Brenner had and showing out in the state finals. I think he could get on there. I think we got enough size with Booker and Dowdy, and then even guys like JQ and Orm. Boy, oh, Rehard yeah. just was just struggled the sectional too. I mean, I know I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of yeah. re relitigating our all-star picks. But I guess right. the, the question is, is who are we taking off? I didn't have Rehart on That's who I would. at the time because I had Roberts, Orm, Booker, Dowdy thinking, Mason Jones thinking, well, there's enough size there. It would right. take Zionsville, would have to make a run for him to get on there. Not only did they not do that, but he wasn't very good. <clears throat> he struggled, especially in the sectional finals or the game, not the sectional, the game they lost. I guess that was a that was the final, final, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, that was well. I don't know if I if I'm thinking Sefton, I'm thinking he wasn't the best player on his team. That's the only thing. I know that's not criteria, but can be. I mean, there is no criteria. There's no set criteria. You're saying the best player on his team, like uh, in the state finals? Yeah, the game. Yeah. 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 He's definitely not the most yeah, talented. He was... He's definitely not the most talented player on his team. And oh, again, no. that doesn't always matter. Yeah. But I mean, I think if they're taking a player from Fort Wayne, like if they're doing the geography thing, I think he has to be the guy, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty fair. And I, yeah. I think you're probably going to get get that. 
Who's the All Star coach? Did we they they announced and I can't remember who it is. Yeah, is it is it? Um, man, for some reason I want to say the coach from Pike, but I'm not sure. No, not Zach. Was he last year? He no, it was Osborne. Okay. Osborne was going to do it in 2020 or 20. Osborne did it last year. Osborne's done it. Carlisle? Uh, I don't think so. Urban you, know who's the, you know who's the assistant? Bossy? <laughs> Isn't Urban on there somewhere too? Well, well the assistant I think is Aaron That's, Wolf. I think Wolf's it's ben, Carlisle's the coach for the all-star team. Is he? Carlisle, and then it says Burkhardt as well is on the staff from Bossy. Oh, where's that listed at? I just say that? Or no, IBC. Uh, Indy, Indy Star. Well, Indy Star has Ben Davis. Okay. I just Googled Indian All-Star Boys Basketball Coach. And okay, there you go. I was getting ready to do that. So, Carlisle's Carlisle, coaching it? Yeah. yeah well, Sharp then, will make it. And Sharp should make it. I mean, Sharp, it wasn't his best game. I mean, he had 31 against Bloomington North. So it's just Ben Davis, man. It's like, it's like any, you know, anyone can step up. You know, if you, if you told me Sheridan Sharp was going to have one point and Clay Butler is going to have zero, I would have thought, man, I don't know if they could beat Kokomo at that point, but multiple guys step up. And Sean Ar- Arnold hitting those threes too. Yeah, yeah. that was, there was time to pack up and leave at that point. <laughs> Him looking. <laughs> Right over if, if Mark White point. would have hit that shot, I just would have gone home. <laughs> that, that first one, you just like, you could just look over at this coach just having this like, eh, and the, but then the second one he hit, they're kind of like, oh, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> let's give let's give him two more shots. Give uh, a shot. Yeah, Dowdy's Dowdy's job was just to make sure Badunga didn't get twenty rebounds. He did a pretty good job. I don't. Yeah. I mean, Zane wasn't really looking to rebound on the defensive end of the floor. His job was to keep Flory from changing the game in that regard. It's a, it took a while for Florida to get going too. Yeah, it did. well, yeah, it took Dowdy coming out of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had nine so, points when yeah. Dowdy Dowdy went out. He had nine. Yeah. Um, that's half of his output. Yeah, but he was one for seven from the free throw line. That, that, and that's the thing. They like so. I guess are we done with three A? We. Oh yeah, I think we're good. We don't have to be. I mean, it's a great game. Yeah, great game. Did we talk enough about Tyler Roche and the job that he did? Or any of those Northwood role players. They all played so well. Wolf. Wolf hit yeah. a couple timely threes. Yeah, he did. One in overtime for sure. <clears throat> hit him all in front of us, didn't he? Seemed like. <laughs> the one he hit right in front of us was – that thing that was great. overtime one. Yeah. Yeah, that came off his hand. It looked great. 
so Rosh is a different player than Pickett. Doesn't move as well. Probably rebounded better. But he's also attached. Well, I mean, I don't know. Pickett had nine rebounds. He's aggressive, Pickett, man, on the rebounds. Pickett, man, Pickett he goes after good. rebounds. Yeah, Pickett yeah, he was. was. That's like one of the first things when I first saw him play. That was the first thing I noticed. Like, man, he's aggressive on the boards. He goes after rebounds. He goes after blocks. Just runs the floor hard. He just plays really hard. Do you see him last year as a freshman? Because I did against Tinley. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was he's just, just not. He's just running, the knocking dudes over, getting rebounds. Yeah, rebounding, blocking, running hard. I didn't see anything outside of the paint. And then, like I said, I was at the first game of the year against Northside, and he hit a couple threes, and I'm like, man. Ooh, he's doing this, man. He's he's got some he's got a nice foundation to build off of for sure. Yeah, Tyler was was good. He was definitely a, a defensive anchor for them. And he's I mean, obviously his brother Ian is a is an outstanding defender. I think Zach alluded to that earlier. I know Coach Moore at, at at Grace got involved on Twitter during the game talking about he's the best defender in the state. And I wanted to say Sheridan Sharp entered the chat. Zay Wait, what was that again? Who said who was the best player or best? I can't remember what the comment. Let me see if I can pull it up pretty quickly here. The comment was made. There was some comment. Like I was just comment. saying, who who did he say was the best? Ian. Defender. Oh, Ian. Okay. We I could said, probably say a couple of Davis guys. Sean Arnold. Yeah, absolutely. Steel leading, steel leading to an Ian to an Ian Rash dunk. Quick shot for Garen leads to another breakaway, but a foul. Rosh a basket on on a blob. Rosh gathers a cardinal miss. This is all Ian Rosh, by the way. Quiet game for him up to now, but he's been brilliant guarding Sorensen. Yeah, he guarded Sorensen until he moved over to Chandler. He was chasing Sorensen through all those screens in the first half. And then Scott Moore chimed in, best defensive player in the state. Of course, Rash has committed to grace. <laughs> to which my reply was, Ben Davis enters the chat with Arnold, Zachary, and Sharp. <laughs> and I was thinking perimeter defender. Because Dowdy obviously would be part of that list. And I've had people tell I've had people tell studs. me at times, huh? <laughs> I was just saying, I think we can all agree all, all guys mentioned are really good defenders. True. Rosh and, and all all of them. Yeah. And when Clay Butler's locked in, he's he's a good defender too. He's he's the of the guards, he's the strongest of the three, of the four, if you count Wyndham. And yeah. the and almost as long as Zachary. I mean, he definitely has a length issue, you know, he's a length advantage. Yeah. I don't think anybody's as long as Zachary, but <laughs> no. Butler's still long. Big game mark. Sixteen points, three rebounds, two steals. Mark Zachary against Kokomo. I think Zane called the claw on social media. McClaw, yeah. High school claw. <laughs> I called him a menace. Yeah. 
not quite as catchy as Big Game Mark, but <laughs> 20 points for Zane Doughty. 10 for 13 from the floor. Importantly, he scored over Badunga. Didn't didn't um didn't try to finesse it at all. Just went up over him. Scored in transition. Got a lob. He went 0 for 2 from the line, which is uncharacteristic. I think he shoots free throws pretty well. And just made Badunga work. And like you said, Dominique, he had nine of his 19 points when Zane was out of the game. Yeah, they made that huge run where – can we talk about that? Like the alley-oop to worry? I mean, what – I I've tried to get some or? I've tried to get some feedback on that, and I haven't gotten an answer yet. Um, I'm sure Coach Carlisle's got more important things to do than get caught up on my – you know, on a message <laughs> I might send him. Um, although I'm not a 1,000% sure I sent that message, actually. Um. Yeah. So the deal, so we already they throw the lob to Badunga. He jumps up. He tries to what dunk it. He gets fouled. Legitimate good call. But somehow he hangs in the rim, touches the ball. The ball rolls in. The referee gives him the basket. Did he not touch the ball? Yeah, I mean it was like he off the first dunk attempt. It kind of like got stuck. And it right. looked like it was going to come off, and he just kind of hit it again while he was on the rim because he got he had to kind of hang on the rim to not come down, you know, awkwardly with guys right. under him. And he just kind of tapped it, you know. It was like a double dunk. And, you know, that the ball never came off the rim, though. So I was like, this is – I thought for sure it was just going to be like, you know, a foul, but it was, you know, not count the basket type of thing. No, got, got but they definitely counted it. Yeah. I was glad they gave Carlisle some leeway on the complaint. He picked up a tech, I think, during the Cathedral regional game. Yeah. Which Out I thought was or whatever. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was an utter it was it was a Bush League Bush League move by the official to not answer his questions and then to to give assess him a technical for for what leaning out of the box, it just was. It was. It looked petty. And we don't. We don't need that kind of crap in games like that. We don't need that kind of crap. Period. We definitely don't need it in games like that. But and, and Don works officials pretty quick. You know, pretty pretty quickly and pretty hard sometimes. Um. And I think he's got a little bit of a, you know, he's got a little bit of um, Ben Davis and Warren Central both have a little bit of a, everybody's kind of out to get us chip that other township schools don't have. North Central. And I, this this goes way back. This has nothing to do with the current situation current regime um
And of course, maybe sometimes when you're undefeated, you think everybody is out to get you. <laughs> but because there have been a couple times where I've, I've sat by their bench and he said something like, oh, I see, that's how that's going to go. Stuff like that. And it's like, oh, come on. But I'm glad to see. I, the, the, I was going to say, I thought the officiating that game was a little – I don't know. I'm never going to, after a game, be like, oh, the officials cause it. I, I, I just don't think that ever ends in a – I just don't think you're going. that's going to be well-received regardless of what – if they were – if it actually was a bad officiated game or not. So I'm never going to talk about, like, oh, officials were terrible or whatever. But I did think that some of those calls, like in the first half, Flory gets it in the post, lowers his right shoulder, Zane goes flying, no call, layup, or whatever happened. And then he had to kind of get another one like that. There was no charge called or nothing called. And then at the end of the half, he gets the uh, rebound, takes it the length, Euro steps, avoids the defender, goes up and lays it in. They call that a charge. I'm like, man, this is – I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's inconsistent throughout the game. I mean, if you have Kokomo fans, they're obviously not too happy about the officiating. Yeah, well, let's, I mean, okay, they, let's, let's, let's the talk sports. about that. Let's, let's talk about that without getting into the, the stuff that happened in the, in the, in the stands. When they were the loudest, it was 10 fouls to three on Ben Davis. Yeah. It ben was Davis had 10 fouls. Yeah. Kokomo had three. And we've got Kokomo <laughs> fans screaming they're getting screwed. That's the yeah. only reason. Why, I, that's why I kept looking back there. I'm like, are you trying to figure out who it was that was yelling? <laughs> and it was Flory's family, Badunga's host family. And that's fine. But ten fouls to three. I I just was talking to my dad in the first half, like, hey, I was like, look how much Ben Davis pressures, and they just don't foul. Like they have three fouls, and it's almost the end of the second quarter, right? They just don't foul, and all of a sudden, it's eight fouls to none. Yeah, right away in the in the third quarter. And you're I'm gonna like, be is, and you're gonna be in going the stands on? screaming at officials. <laughs> Yeah. Now, look, the I mean, reaction to what happened was an overreaction. We had another altercation in the stands that happened behind us, like last year. This one didn't yeah, involve didn't do it. No one was looking over my shoulders, <laughs> reading my tweets. But we had a situation where security had to get involved again. This time, it was an overreaction. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'll, I'll say two things. And I know people up there listen, so they can text me, mess, whatever. They had no business screaming at the officials, given the situation. Either that or you just completely lack awareness of context of what the hell's going on. At that point, Flory was getting every call. It's not the official's fault he's one for seven from the line. You've got to convert those opportunities. I mean, they were two for 13 from the line as a team. I would gather most of that was in the second. They were one for 10 from the three-point line. And 15 turnovers. 
and 15 turnovers. And 10 fouls to three against Ben Davis, they're screaming at the officials. It was silly. Now, I will say this, though. So backing that down, he, he didn't say anything inappropriate. Not at all. I mean, it was it was annoying, but he didn't. It didn't warrant intervention from IHSA official, which then caused it to escalate, which then compelled security to come over. And I and I get when you're in that situation, you're. You're emotional. You want your team to win. You're, you know, in this case, you know, a kid they've, they house, they support, they, you know, they, they've probably grown to really, he's part of their family. 10,000 to three. Let's just, if it was reverse, you could bet your butt they'd be yelling 10,000 to three. And that's why I kept looking back. It was just like, who in the hell is complaining about the officials on Kokomo's side? And since I knew a couple of those people, <laughs> I was hoping it wouldn't be them, and it wasn't. That was good. And I don't know how Kokomo's coaching staff was feeling about the officiating. I'm, but, again, it was 10 fouls to three at that point. When all that was starting to go, go down, it was just like, God, oh, come on. It really, I feel like it really started with that charge call at the end of the half. And I did. And was that just, a bad call? I, I didn't have a great angle on that. I, there were there were two players in the way of my angle to think that it was to to get a feel see, if that was the right call. I, I think I agree with Dominique here. Like, I mean, you're not going to call the the you know what I think is pretty obvious, you know, calls on on Zane or Flory or whatever. But you're going to call that one and. When you look at the videos of it, I know I know Kyle and Andrew have had a good angle of it and everything. Did he? I just okay. know how call that. And he avoided him with the Euro and he stepped around him. Obviously, he's, you know, you can say he might be out of control, but I mean, he Euroed. Or, or it's, just it's just a big kid yeah. going force. And, you know, the refs are anticipating that call. Was he not? You don't have to be stationary, but was he not in the plant? Was he. I mean, it just I, seemed I, like Flory was definitely avoiding him. Like he stepped, he euroed yeah. around him, and of course he's still gonna hit him. But oh. it's like he tried to avoid him, jumped to the side of him, and went up and finished. And then they called that a charge. But some of these other ones, where Flory, you know, catches it, lowers that right shoulder, and Zane just you know falls over. I mean, there was contact. It wasn't like a flop, and there's no call there. And a couple other ones early in the first half and then they call that one it just i don't know it was kind of inconsistent to me i thought the officials did a great job officiating that matchup between the two and i think anything that didn't involve arms and hands wasn't getting called which is fine because there's going to be a lot of body contact and i think there's a situation too where a player a a player, a big kid, especially 
just because contact's made and, and, a, and a defender goes down or a defender gets to place doesn't mean it's a foul on the offensive player. It, it, it just means the offensive player might be stronger in that situation. If, if Flory doesn't go out of his way to extend beyond his pivot, to like change the angle of his body as he stops, if I'm, if I'm explaining that well enough, like if he doesn't lean, you know, if he just stops, you know, unless he's stopping in Zane's space, it's not a foul. You know, and if if the referees don't think he's intruding on Zane's <laughs> vertical plane, you know, that, that Zane may also be equally creating contact, then that, that's not a foul on 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 the offensive player in this case, Badunga. I mean, Zane obviously picked up two quick fouls or two fouls pretty quickly for his second and third fouls. And at that point, you know, the game, the, the, the trajectory of that game temporarily changed. But when he came back in, man, it was right back yeah. business as usual. I thought it, you know, the first time they played, Shane Spear didn't play. I think he was still trying to get back from football. And I was really interested to see how he was going to handle that pressure uh, of, of Ben Davis. Um, and, yeah, I struggled, right? Two for ten yep. from the field, one for seven from three. Uh, mm-hmm. So that you – know, he's usually their second guy um, that's, uh, you know, carrying it along with Flory, and he just couldn't get anything going. And, um, you know, Hardiman usually – you know, he played pretty well in the uh, semi-state against Penn played pretty well. Um, but you know, four points for him. Bellamy, Bellamy played pretty well in this one, had nine. But, but a lot of it was a lot of that was early. turnovers too. He's, he scored yeah. the first six points. Yeah, that was early. And, and Bellamy and Spear, their two primary ball handlers, had eleven turnovers between them. That's that's right. But that's Ben Davis. They speed you up, they create chaos, and that's you know, that's that's how they are. All right, so their legacy. Let's, let's pull this up. Hour 15, hour 15. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> <clears throat> their, their legacy, um, state championship history. Let's see who's won some of these. Who was the last team to go undefeated? I forget. Uh, Warren, Warren Central was the last ten team to go undefeated. Um, Indiana Boys State basketball champions. There we go. Have to go to the legacy website. Actually, the legacy website is not very good for this. The last team to go undefeated was Warren Central. Before that, it was Bloomington South and Princeton in two thousand nine. Before that, it was Lawrence North in 2006. Waldron, God bless her soul, is not part of this discussion. Lewis Cass, not Pike in 2003. Marion, the, the first year of the Purple Rain. And we're not just comparing all of the undefeated teams because I'm going to bring up 
there was three years in a row where teams didn't team, we had three undefeated champs in a row in 69 70 71 and yeah, we're not getting back into those teams those teams those addicts teams probably belong I mean if you're gonna have a couple of NBA dudes in there you probably belong right but I mean our lifetime Am I the oldest one in this group? Yeah, probably. Maybe. So since the late 80s, for my money, the, the best team I saw growing up were those Marion teams. I mean, it's easy to say that now because they won three in a row. But they just had, I mean, Jones, Edwards, they had Derek Keys, especially went to Wake Forest, could never stay healthy. Um all their guys got scholarships, you know, albeit, you know, they were in a, you know, Teagle went in AIA and, you know, they, but all those guys got scholarships to me. Nobody touched those teams that Lawrence North team with Montrose and Leary and, 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 um, uh, Richard Todd Richards, who went, I think is division two kid. I mean, that's going to be a hard team to beat legacy-wise. And then we come down to somebody asked Don Carlisle on Twitter who was better, 1995 team or this team, and he goes, we're never going to know. And I tell you right now, it was the 1995 team. I don't even blink. I like this group. But the 95 team was stacked. Courtney James on the current assistant coach went to Minnesota. Damon Fireson, Mr. Basketball, went to Miami of Ohio. James Patterson. I mean, Fireson was cold, man. How he didn't go to a high major, I'll never know. Because he just he was basically the same player as Jerron Cornell, who was decent at Purdue. And, you know, he had a good career at Miami. He, he was fine. James Patterson went to IUPUI. I mean, Jan Price was a 6'5 junior who double digits in their in their games, you know, in their, their um, the semifinal game that morning. They had James Patterson's little brother, KP Keith. Um, they were so good. They were so deep. They won the next year. When all those seniors grab, when Frierson, Patterson, James, and uh, Bellamy all graduated, and freaking KP, Little Patterson, Price, Jeffrey Poisel, who hit a huge shot to to help them win a state championship the next year, uh, Clark and Graham. Uh, Graham may not have been on that team. He he may have had. There may have been something that kept him from playing. I, I can't remember. I don't want to dis disparage him, but the, they had a kid named Derek Graham who was talented and didn't live up to it. Didn't have a chance to live up to it, at least during his high school days. But, I mean, that team, that team was different. And I, I, I went back to see who their loss was to, and I can't remember who they lost to that year. 
any teams. I mean, so I, I think that 95 team is better, even though they didn't go undefeated. They definitely were deeper. And I think they were more talented. Um, I mean, I think this BD team, if you're talking about legacy, has, and I feel the same way about Warren. I, I don't view them as two of the greatest teams to come through the state of Indiana. And by agree, disagree. I mean, um, I think I think for me it's like I think they're one of the best teams. You know, I, I, it's hard to what you know people want to compare like oh they don't have any high major players, but it's like okay they have what three surefire Division one players. Uh, they have two D two players. They you know Mark Zachary seems like he might be able to play Division one, but obviously he's a corner. Wait, right. He'll play high major football if he chooses to do so. But it's like there's no – it's like as a team, as a unit, they play – I mean, they play really well together. I don't I don't think the high major thing – like there's teams that have high major players that don't win or, you know, aren't as good. So I don't know if the high – I keep saying that like they don't have any high major players. Like I really don't think that matters. I think as a unit – uh, the camaraderie, the, the togetherness, the defense, and the effort, how hard they play. I just, to me, in my lifetime, they're one of the best teams. Like, it's hard to say, like, I agree with Carlisle, like, we'll never know. Like, well, well, I could say we'll, well, yeah, anything. we'll never know. I mean, we, yeah, and but that's but that's the exercise. It, it's either a discussion right. or it's not. I mean, we could. For sure, and it's just, it's just easy. But it's what I'm saying is it's easy to say, oh, 2014 Tech would have killed Ben Davis or Ben Davis would have killed, like, Okay, like sure, you can say well, I'm not that. Saying it, like... I'm not saying it just because of that. I'm I mean, I don't think that that ninety five Ben Davis team was just different. That's just to me, that was just a bomb. I and mean, they wrecked people back then. They lost to Warsaw in the second game of the Hall of Fame classic. Okay. Uh, at, at, Who was the coach out... at Warsaw then? Al Rhodes. Was Rhodes there? Was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Alt was Mr. Basketball the next year. Um, blew out what was a talented Frankfurt team in the morning game. I mean, they just were blowing people. I mean, they beat Nora. They blew people out. They won. Here were their county tournament scores. 88-41 over Park Tudor. 74-51 over North Central. 65-53 over Burbuff. 71-38 in the final over Lawrence North. That's their county tournament scores. I'm just, I'm just saying for me, like, I think, I think they're one of the best teams to come through. Um, I guess I'm the one guy here that watched all those teams. <laughs> and I'm not yeah, saying that necessarily just, Trump's, but like well, you talk about the deep, like, I don't think anybody there would have been able to speed up Frierson. Frierson is the best. If those two teams play now, Frierson is the best, best guard on that court. And I don't think anybody on that team, like Frierson now, if you asked him now, he'd be diplomatic about it. He'd be, man, boy, you know, he just, that's the kind of guy he is. You know, but he was a dude, man. He was, 
left-handed. He was smooth. He could shoot it. He could handle it. Um, I just don't think these guys are speeding him up. And I think that this Ben Davis group relies on that. And I don't think that the class of 2023 has enough top-level talent to counteract that. We're in, in 95. You know, there was a lot of top – there was a lot of talent. 95 class – and that's that's some of it too. The context of how strong were those classes. I don't think that there's enough right now to counteract what Ben Davis could throw on the floor this year. There was definitely enough in 95. That, that would have – I don't think that Ben Davis team goes undefeated. Um. I'm not entirely sure that Ben Davis team beats Indianapolis, Washington in the regional. Here's a question. Does mm-hmm. this Ben Davis team beat the Anthony Leal Bloomington South team? Yeah, I think so. Anthony Leal? You're talking about 20? Yeah, 20, 2020 is another also another weak class. They were they were I've had twenty I had twenty twenty 20 and twenty twenty three both classes were pretty weak. Overall, it's just it's just a shame that you can't really throw that Bloomington South team in this conversation like they were projected to be. Um, yeah, just because. Who did they have? I mean, they had Leo. They had Noah Jagger. I I okay, is that the guard? Yeah, with the guard. Bomba Brothers. Yeah. But but you know the better Joey Bond, but the better of the two is is not. Was he just a sophomore that a year junior that year? He's a junior that year. He is a. I mean, he was a kid that nobody talked about as a as a junior. Nobody. And I remember thinking, God, he's pretty. I remember trying to get him for AAU. For one of our teams. Thinking he's he's a guy, you know, and and he you know he goes to the University of Indianapolis, but he wasn't. I mean, that's the thing with Holmes's teams; they're they're not always super balanced, and, and sometimes kids like that do get overlooked until it's like their turn. I would have liked them to see them play Lawrence North that year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame we missed out on some, you know, good that's opportunities, the, you know. And that's the that's the year. Yeah, I mean, there's a Is chance. Is undefeated that, at that point? Yeah. Nah, or, no. Wait, Lawrence North or South? Lawrence North. Bloomington South uh, was undefeated. Bloomington South was. Yeah, yeah. it was Lawrence North. I, mean, I don't see. think Ellen. No, Ellen wasn't think, undefeated. I think they only lost like one game at that point. Hold on, I'm, I'm I'm right there. I'm looking right at it. Oh, they lost. They lost two up to that point. North Central and Hamilton Southeastern. Yeah, I think this Ben Davis team is better than that Bloomington Bloomington South team. I'd say so. I was bummed because Carmen was playing damn 
pretty damn well at the end of it. Waddell was finally healthy, and you know that would have been another six six loss team getting to the state finals. But that was the year I picked Munster to get to the state finals and got beat in the first game of the sectional. I thought. How about this Ben Davis team against last year's Cathedral? With yeah, Coma, they. Coma they uh, <clears throat> see, that's a good. That's a good question. I don't know. They they beat uh Ben Davis beat Cathedral last year in the regular season at Cathedral, and then Cathedral got him in the second half in the uh in the regional. Um, but yeah, that's that'd I mean, be a great game. Can, yeah, I think we already know. I mean, the only thing the only thing that BD has better this year, the main I shouldn't say the only thing the main thing BD has better this year than last year is a an experienced Mark Zachary. And I think Butler played a lot better this year, right? For shooting from three, was he over forty percent? I don't think he was that last year. Correct. I think he. I think he took a pretty good pretty good jump. Noticeably, yes, better, yes. Um. But Zachary for sure. Zachary came on. Zachary's big coming out party. Like I really think it was his first game was against Carmel. First game he got a lot of minutes, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. We're gonna get beat by a freshman. And I liked him. I liked him in the JV games, and I thought he could help. Um, and then they threw him in there, and he had a hell of a game. And then Suter took over. Which, you know, from a rooting perspective was good to see, but but I mean you know, this this year's team was definitely a little bit more cohesive defensively. You know, it took overtime last year for Carmel to beat him. I mean, how many games have Ben Davis lose last year? They lost seven games last year. All of them pretty close. I remember their first loss their first loss year to Fishers was a surprise. But then that was like Harrelson's like, okay, he's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> His first game out, he's arrived. He's here. I think the loss to Decatur Central was not a good loss for them last year. And they blew a they blew a decent sized lead against North Central in the county tourney last year. Yeah, I don't think this team this year's well clearly they didn't they didn't lose a game, but this year's team doesn't even that doesn't necessarily happen. Well, unless Zane gets in foul trouble <laughs> and they Kokomo starts chipping away. Yeah, I don't know that twenty twenty Lawrence North team with with Avance and Perkins and DJ Hughes and. CJ Gunn, that's a pretty enticing group of guys. It's a squad there. Yeah. But see, we're having this discussion like it's a discussion. I don't think that Lawrence North team even remotely touches the Lawrence North teams in the mid 2000s. It's just not the same animal. That's I, I feel the same way about, I feel the exact same way about that Ben Davis team in 95. To me, that was the best team I saw. That was the best team in the 90s, just period. 
I don't think it's even close. I mean, okay, Gary Roosevelt with Glenn and Harding and and um, Carlos Floyd. Okay, so 91, Gary Roosevelt with three D one guys who are all super talented, including Glenn Robinson, who was probably the most talented player of the decade. Um, Sean Kemp. That's nah, late eighties though. I said nineties. That was the only, that's my only thing. Okay. I thought it was, I thought he was, in, I'm thinking no, about the NBA in the nineties. He was 88. He graduated 88, <laughs> lost to Muncie central. <laughs> yeah. Kemp was the best, was the best player I saw. In my high school days, Glenn Robinson was the best player that I saw, period, until Odin. And Odin was just... Kids today will never understand how good he was. Right, he's a bust, right? That's all they're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, not talk about his, all his, about. Knee, his knees were a bust, but that's it. <laughs> I mean, he might have made some bad decisions, but taking care of his body and things like that, but... That ninety six, right. that ninety five Ben Davis team was so good. Don Carlisle played JV. They came back the next year, won state. Him and they, most people, and Fry was a. I mean, I think Carlisle may have been a sophomore that year. I can't remember in ninety six, but him and Fry was a sophomore that year when they when they won state in ninety six. Oh, Graham did play. Well, oh, there you go. So I was wrong. Just a much more balanced team. But then they come out and beat New Albany in a championship game. Jeffrey Poisel hits the game-winning shot. He comes out and scores 20. And they beat Chad Hunter, well, Lamont Rowland, who went to LSU. Pino Pipes, Chad Hunter, who went to Indiana State. Lamont Rowland had a great AAU coach. Outstanding. <laughs> I used to drive down there every week and pick him up for practice. <laughs> Gas was cheap. I was young. <laughs> Drives to New Albany wasn't that big of a deal back then. Yeah, I just I think that been I think that ninety five team is just that much is is better. I I don't. But again, I think that has as much to do with the class and who they had to beat to get there. And I, I'm not a big fan of the 2023 class as a, as like top end talent. We've I mean that's we've been saying that for two years, right? About 24, isn't that more of a at the top? Obviously, Flory well, yeah, but catching yeah, yeah, and 2024 is not super deep. Yeah. I think we're in a bit of a lull talent-wise. I think those Pike teams are probably better. But see, those Pike teams might be a situation where, where Zane then is, is like a huge difference. Because those Pike teams didn't have – they did have some pretty good link, though. 
but that um, the Bullington team in 03 was something. They didn't have a lot of size, but they had a bunch of 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six dudes. All right, who's going to win? 1A state championship next year. Way, way too early. Way too early. Way too way. early. <laughs> Who's winning the 1A state championship next year? Early favorite. I got Evansville Christian. Evansville Christian. Best player in 1A. Josiah Dunham. Three of their top four guys back. I do have some other names down as well, but I'm going Evansville Christian. I'm going to go Indy Lutheran. I'm going to go with a repeat. Repeat. You just, you just do that so you didn't have to do research. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time on this. Yeah, I like just, it. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm going to go with the route. Is Zach's just going to maybe just going to copy one of them. <laughs> yep, I'm going to say. Oh, I don't have that. I, don't, I have somebody else, actually. Who do you think is winning it? Me, yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Well, it's either All you right. or me. I'm going Seton Catholic. Oh, you're I really? think they underachieved this year. Struggled a little bit. They're gonna bounce back. A lot of guys back. Like me, some Harvey Hogue. That's a juicy pick right there. Seton Catholic. Is that a hot take? Hot they definitely take. underachieved. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a. That's a sexy pick right there. Oh, 12 and 16. 12 and 16, the state final. Let's go. Bring it on. 1A. Anything can happen in Let's go. <clears throat> Southwood, right? Southwood. <laughs> no oh, everyone, Southwood. everyone back for a Seton Catholic. Yep. I'm going with Orleans. I had them down. Yeah, talk about everybody back. I had them down. Okay. Yeah, I got I'm going Orleans. Two A. <laughs> Round South. Central. Yeah. yeah. Rounds town. Central. That's yeah, that's a little easy. It's easy? I think so. <laughs> Back with another Dang. Oh, Zach's got another spicy one. Who you got? Dang. I was looking at Tipton. I had Brownstown also, but I said I was looking at Tipton too. Well, they're going to have to get tougher. Okay. I had university down as the well. University I have down also, yeah. Well, that would be a, a rough one with a new coach. They have, they have no – they'll have no – well, I mean, they could get some new guys. They'll have some – they'll have no size. There's a good chance Kane's not back there next year. Well, then if that's know. the case, then yeah. <laughs> not picking them. I mean, we'll see. But... Oh. Breaking news. <laughs> Well, I, don't, I think I think it's a lot of speculation. I mean, we're for sources. No, definitely no sources. But <laughs> I can tell you, whoever whoever gets that job needs to call the family immediately. Say, hey, what's going on? And if it matters, call them before you accept it. Three miles down the road, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat it either way. I'd I'd certainly want to coach him, but. Not to 
And that's kind of one of those things where if you're going to uproot your, <laughs> uproot your life, you know, you'd want to make sure you knew what you were getting into. Um, but if 3A. you're not, huh? 3A, let's go. 3A, <laughs> let's go. Who you got, yeah. Zach? Come on. All right, so Wayne is down to three A now, right? I'm, I'm no, no, no. That's not no. That's not the new proposal hasn't even been approved yet, let alone. Oh come on, let's go. Yeah, that new proposal talk off. Let's go. Jeez. Well, how about Mount Vernon? Are they three A or four A? Four A. Four A. Nothing 4A. changes okay, in terms so, yeah. of class. Okay, so Garen, it is, yeah. Yeah, got it down. Well, that's Garen, who I'm man. going. That's who I'm going with. Garen Catholic. I got. I got Scottsburg. Yeah. I looked at them. I looked at them too. Kobe uh, got... Hall and will Kobe Hall and Chase Coomer transfer back? <laughs> they don't need to. They don't need to. Okay. <laughs> I got uh, Garen was my top pick, and then I did have Scottsburg down. I also had down Evansville Memorial. Yeah, I think I'm staying with I'm yeah, definitely Garen Catholic. Kyler, who'd you have? Scottsburg. Scottsburg. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, four A. Jeez. Coffee. I got a I got a bunch of teams down. I have this could change by the end of the podcast, so I can name Whoa. one if you want. All right, give us a name now. So right. See if it's Give us a name now and see if you Jeez. change your mind before we just before we log off. Oh my gosh! Pick one, man. Pick one. Um, don't take mine. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll go. I'll go with the first one I had written down: Lawrence North. Interesting. I think there there's a group of teams that I have that I just can't. I mean, coming into Two years ago, I, Cathedral was in my little small circle of people I talked to about these things like every single day. I had Cathedral like in June coming into that year. And then last year, Ben Davis, same thing. Like early, it was like, yeah, they're definitely the favorite. This year, I just don't – you know, obviously Brownsburg is there, but mm-hmm. I don't I – <laughs> I mean, I think that I don't think anyone really just separates themselves like that. So I'll just say Lawrence North right now. I'll tell you my championship game. How about that? And then I'll, I guess I'll be forced to pick a winner. I mean, Kokomo, I got them. I'll have them going back, and I think they'll be playing Brownsburg. Um, I probably would pick Kokomo in that environment because I think the the younger Bellamy will will still be there. He's, I mean, he would have helped. I don't know if they still win if they win this game against Ben Davis, but he definitely would have helped. I mean, he may have he may better. he may have absorbed, <laughs> but uh, Beard's minutes. So you know who's to know? I mean, Beard scored their first six points, and then kind of, sort of struggled the rest of the game with the speed of the game. Kind of hard beard. I don't think he scored, did he? Oh, the old, oh, oh no. the older Bellamy, the older Bellamy. Oh, the Bellamy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the older Bellamy is scoring. Yeah, I forget he's the one that. 
I did have Kokomo down. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would I pick Kokomo Brownsburg down. I'm going Brownsburg down. I got Brownsburg as well. Beard, no turnovers. Three assists. I think they've got some younger kids that didn't really get a chance to play. I'm surprised that um, Carson didn't play. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Surprised he only played six. I every now and then I've whispered they could play both those guys together. Rogers and Badunga. But all right, who's the fourth team in the Hall of Fame Classic next year? We got Brownsburg. We got. We got Brownsburg, we've got Brownstown, we've got Kokomo. Those three are gotta be locks, right? Mine was everything stays the same, yeah. I got I got Brownsburg versus Brownstown, and I got Kokomo versus Fishers. You got Fishers. I have Fishers as well, but I'm shaky on. I don't know if you know they already play Brownsburg during the season, so I don't know if I don't know if they'll try to get another Southern Indiana team in there or I don't know. But I did have Fishers down. I couldn't think of anyone. Kokomo or Jalen Harrison, yeah. Flory. That that sells tickets right there. Dang. You don't think they would take somebody from the far north? Chesterton, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Chesterton would be the would be a good pick there. I mean, I I don't I don't disagree with the idea of I, I think you take the chance of Sisley and, and Harrelson both being there as seniors. And bringing them back. It also depends on uh, tip off forum matchups and or forum tip of classic matchups at Southport and Brownsburg matchups, too. You know, one of those teams could be playing Kokomo, could be playing Fishers in one of those or something like that. Well, I don't think the Hall of Fame will care. There have been teams that have been signed up for the tip off and matched up against each other. Well, bowed out because they were also in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I see what you mean, like playing each other. Yeah. Oh. So that's what I was saying earlier, like Kokomo Brownsburg, like they usually play in uh, the Kokomo hol- holiday stuff. So yeah, I'm assuming that would just not happen or. Yeah, that case. Or a reduced version. I know, because like us. Because at that, that, that point you're dealing with a, a number of game requirements. You know, you got you can't have more than. <clears throat> certain number of games slot you can't have more than yeah. a certain number of events right but, i mean boys. fishers and brownsburg play each other during the season two so that's what i was saying i don't know if that would make a surprised, difference or not I'm surprised zach hasn't snuck off the pod yet he's <laughs> waiting waiting well 2023 is a wrap I guess we got some interesting topics we're going to talk about coming up here the next few weeks, which is good. We'll get into the AAU season. And uh, Zach gets to go to back to soccer. Heard him this Zach's, weekend already. Is this Zach's? Is this your last pod for a while? Is it? Is that how that played out last Maybe. year? I can't remember. Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, we got our half hour in this, don't we? Uh, I'm kidding. Ugh. Ugh. No. <laughs> no. Wow. Hey, I wanted to go last night, guys. You guys wanted to go record tonight, so. All right, boys. Well, congratulations to the four winners, Indianapolis Lutheran. 
Blackhawk Christian, um, Northwood, and and Ben Davis. Ben Davis obviously impressive with their undefeated season. I, I you know the, the the regardless of what we talked about in terms of legacy, it's at, it's at least a discussion, right? It's you know. I can love on my Carmel teams as, as much as I want. They never did this. And this is impressive. 33-0. and 0. Um, Gauntlet 30, schedule. Yeah, just a loaded schedule. You know, the most win stuff doesn't mean much to me. The, it's the zero and the, the loss column that means a hell of a lot more to me than the first one is just number of games and their schedule is loaded, so. But guys, appreciate it. Great season. I know we'll, we'll transition into AAU. We'll ever we'll have to every now and then have to find some creative topic to talk about. But we got some good stuff coming up. Transfer portal stuff. We got a lot of coaching changes. So much so that I think we're gonna start talking about them now. And then in the past we haven't. There's some big schools with some that are gonna have some new coaches next year. <laughs> and and um, if we're lucky, it'll launch a carousel. We won't have a bunch of assistants taking up. I feel bad for the assistants. We don't want the assistants to get the job, so we could talk about more jobs getting open. But obviously, they want their chances to coach too. But those are some topics we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Guys, thanks. Great job during the season. And we'll keep talking basketball the rest of the year.